You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range, and A-Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, their ZDX is the most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Two Robbies podcast with me, Robbie Musto, and him, Robbie Earl. Now, of course, as we've been doing in these shows, we will get uh, a deep dive into clubs now. Uh, Brighton is going to be and West Ham United. And from now on in, it's teams that are threatened with relegation. That's going to be really interesting uh, to see how they react uh, when things get going again. But to start with, my friend, um, Project Restart, let's give everybody the, the latest kind of, I guess, data and fact and our thoughts on how it's going. Now, just real quick, we're recording this on the Friday, and now we know that Premier League teams are backing training, kind of small groups, staying distance back at the training grounds, getting used to testing every, every few days, it seems, and getting used to the protocols around it, which is a good step. Yeah. Uh, and just going forward, Rob, we know that on Tuesday of next week, it's a massive uh, Premier League shareholders meeting, managers, players, everything, to try and assess whether they're ready to go back to contact training Uh, and then Thursday following on from that is another vote we understand if Tuesday's is a positive vote of when decided on Thursday the Premier League will start officially so big week next week what are you what are you thinking right now Rob in terms of how the Premier League and the clubs have settled into I guess project restart on the whole I use the word apprehensive Rob I think there seems to be an undercurrent of Yes, glad to be back. Hearing lots of, uh, of stories about players being back on the grass, enjoying back being in, in each other's company. Small group training has, I believe, gone well. Uh, we spoke to, uh, sorry, Bex and all of spoke to a number of managers. We'll hear from about some yeah. of those over the coming weekend in terms of what they've got being back as a group. I think that, that's important. But the big step, Rob, is contact training. That, that is a huge step from sanitised training drills where I'm safe distance away, where there is no contact, where there's no bodily fluid, sweating, spitting, anything that can go on. To take that step to go to full contact, to take the next step to go to 11 v 11, it's a time, Rob, where for eight weeks plus now, we've been told to stay away from people. Mm. Our mindset has changed. Our mindset is different. Professional footballers at this level have to go against all the things that we're seeing and, and reading in papers about staying safe and staying distance and just say, okay, on a 100 by 70 yard football pitch, we can all go, have contact and do what we want. I think it's becoming as much a mental challenge as it is a physical one. So uh, following on from that, Rob, now we know the players are back in training now. I'm hoping that that players get confidence from what they're seeing around them, how they're testing, how things around their training grounds are, are being really efficient and safely done. Yeah. And the Bundesliga, we'll talk a little bit of Bundesliga a little later, but would that give them confidence, Rob, that when they watch a game and they see it and they see players are playing their normal game, yes, it's very different with the atmosphere, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm hoping between now and Tuesday, those yeah. players will communicate with their managers and their clubs that, yeah, it, it kind of it is the right time to start contact training because we know there's been many players, you know, and Golakante now is uncomfortable yeah. with the Chelsea midfield player coming back and he's he's not training right now, so he's unsure about it. We know that there's, I, I, I want to say, there's been more players in the Premier League, Rob, that have, that have expressed some concerns about it. Um, yeah. do, you, do you think that's going to, you know, with... with players back in training because you know what it's like Rob you know as players you do worry about stuff but once you're out there when you see the players again they might feel better they might and and it's a really good point once you get back into that environment but but it's interesting I was thinking about myself and back to Wimbledon days and crazy gang and the best sort of football days you can sure you had at Wimbledon part of training was tripping people up you know piling on each other the pranks the, 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 the sort of banter in a way we're saying don't it's do too stop. much, guys. Yeah, that's stop. Stop. So that's yeah. not football as we know. That's not the, the natural day that, that we're used to seeing. You mentioned Angola Kante. Has said that he, he's uncomfortable. 
So at the moment, you know, we know Troy Deeney and Adrian Mariapa at Watford um, have said that they weren't comfortable. Well, Mariapa has, can't go back because he, he's obviously carrying the virus. Mm. Troy Deeney's been very vocal saying that he's, he's uncomfortable. So we're almost going to go at a stage where Troy Deeney hasn't done the maybe three or four days of getting some confidence distancing. Then we're going to throw him straight into the contact stuff. I think that's going to take time. I think he might need a week just to build his own confidence. It almost is going to be a player-by-player player project for the football clubs. And it's a big job. And we, 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 we've heard from some managers, and, and again, those um, interviews will be out over, over the Memorial Weekend, NBC Sports YouTube channel. I, I, I hope our, our listeners and viewers go to listen to that. Because the job of the coaches, Rob, isn't now just keeping people fit and doing the tactics and picking the right team. There's so much more to what they've got to do in the next month or so to get Premier League players back mentally and physically ready for Project Restore. So the next part of it, Rob, is the contact training. Let's just get into a little bit more about that. Now, we're assuming that, that that's going to be small-sided games, Rob, that will develop into 11 v 11. What, what were the players? I mean, what specifically? Is it just the closeness and... You know, it's another step, isn't it? It's another hurdle for the players to get over. It's another, again, I think mental more than physical hurdle. Most of these guys we've seen have been keeping fit, have got their own routines, have got gyms set up, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, mentally going into challenges, knowing I think the testing coming off the week of, 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 of contact, Rob, is going to be very, very important. At Watford, they've had three cases uh Mariapa being one of them at the football club. If numbers start to rise, if one or two players start to field on since the contact, more positive cases have come out. I yeah. think we back to where I think we could have a few issues. Yeah, I mean, we know that they've all been tested. All the Premier League yeah. uh, teams have been tested. Twice There's six. Week, I think now. Sorry? Twice a week, I think, testing's going to take. Yeah, so, so they know kind of where they're at right now. Now, of course, the players are going home with their families and that's why they're going to get tested every couple of days. But hopefully the confidence builds from that. And, and you're absolutely right, Rob. If we start getting more positive tests in, in these coming days, then that, that will hold back the process for sure. Well, I, I'm also, Rob, I've got to be, be honest, as part of the black and ethnic minority community, where the susceptibility of picking the virus is higher, around this time, I would want some more guarantees. I want some more checks. I'm not sure the guarantees are there, Rob. I'm not sure they can guarantee. I've, no, I've, no, I've done no, a no, tiny I want a little bit more control. I want to know how that I'm, I'm tested regularly. That if somebody in that group, Rob, shows positive, what are the actions of the football club? What are the actions of the rest of the, the, the group around mm. that person? Because one person infected can spread like that, Rob, in a moment. And for mm. Somebody who's going to be susceptible, more susceptible to picking up that virus than others in that football team... I want to know what, what safety measures the club have in place for me. For me, I, for me, my family, my you know, extended family, I, everybody will have their own reason, their own basis on how, what they're doing. But I'm going to ask questions that are based on what's best for Robbie Earl and his family. Hmm. And that's what we're seeing. <clears throat> and that's what we're seeing from, from player interviews. And um, over the last week or so, Rob, uh, we've conducted a few interviews, like you said earlier, Arlo and Rebecca, um, speaking yeah. to the Premier League managers because... Mm -hmm they're kind of back at work in some yeah. ways and doing the media and stuff. And it's been really interesting. We've, we've, we've watched them as well, of course. Yeah. Really interesting, Rob, that we're getting a different vibe yeah. off, of, off of all of them. Now, the majority, we haven't seen, we haven't seen 20, but we've seen a few. Yeah. Uh, Chris Wilder, first of all, mm. very positive. Yeah. Looking forward to getting back there training. Um, chomping at the bit, as you'd expect from Chris Wilder, Rob, given yeah. the way that he manages yeah. and the way he is as a guy. He's kind of an old school guy. Um, his football club doing a brilliant job at Sheffield United. And also, Rob, we saw Sean Dyche that was similar, uh, yeah. similar, uh, similar message. Yeah, Sean Dyche, I thought, was, I don't know, Sean Dyche is just one of my, my go-to guys, Rob. Uh, very positive. What I thought about Sean Dyche, if I was a Burnley player, is... He looks like he's in control of the situation. He's doing the best for his football team. Said like they, they sort of did a dummy run of what everything's going to look like, feel like, what the players are going to go through. He's a real leader of men, um, uh, uh, Sean Dyke. I trust him, Rob, which I think is important. I trust him. 
in yeah, what he yeah. says that he's doing the right things for me and not a point for now but a point for another day and a discussion for another day Sean Dyche on times like this shows me that he's a better and bigger manager than Burnley Football Club yeah I think you might be right I, I mean I we love, I mean, they're the best conferences I think we've ever seen in the Premier League. If, you know, we, we watch him before every single match weekend in the Premier League and he's a funny guy. He's naturally funny, very yeah. comfortable. Yeah. It's obviously something, a persona he wants to put across and he does it great. And this interview, again, the same thing. Respectful, talking about getting used to new procedures. Yeah. Um, he did sort of say as well, you know, before hopefully get playing again, he said, it's going to be hotter because it is going to be hotter. This is, this is different. Whether or whether, more, more games, he said, for yeah. people to get used to. So, yeah, just um, very smart. I think you, when you say about being able to trust him is a really good point as well. And I think he, he's got the back of the players because that's what he expects from the players. He expects his players to be mm. very together, to, for their attitudes to be perfect. And he said that they've been training really, really well with their individual programs. You know, they're kind of getting used to not even getting into the training ground and with the car and with the trainer and their kit and taking it home and all that kind of stuff. Um, so... I, you, you listen to the, well, those two in particular. It was yeah. like, yeah, there was, you go. That, that's positive. Right. Not right. too many concerns. And, and when you talk about trust, Rob, maybe they trust the system. They trust the Premier League. Yeah. They trust what's yeah. the procedures getting put in place. Mm. Because uh, with this virus, you know, we don't know that much about it, but you are kind of learning things all the time. I mean, long, yeah. all we can do is read in the media and, and, the, and the big serious newspapers about how it's kind of evolving. And, I think he trusts in the, in the, uh, in the protocol and he's waiting to, to get playing again, which is really great news, isn't it? Really great news. We had a couple of others uh, interviews and I say, do go to NBC Sports YouTube channel over this yeah. month or weekend because uh, I think they're fascinating leading in insights into football club and the manager's job now. Brendan Rodgers, Rob, was, I wouldn't say less positive, that's not quite the right word, but again, has some concerns, has some issues, talking about where his football club are terms of his staff it's a big job you talked about the whole staff not just the coaching staff the support staff all the people around the players are going to are going to be important um and, and talked about needing to create a new habit and familiarity this is going to be different when players he said go into their training ground and they park in their spots and they go to the training and they maybe have a little treatment go back to the car and leave that isn't the normal day of, 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 of a football player. And, and things are going to change and people have to be adaptable to those changes and get comfortable with those changes because this might be the way that football training is going to go for, for some time in, in the future. Yeah, I, I thought he was all business. I thought he was all business. Yeah. He was very quick to start talking about Leicester City and those young players and what they've done and what they want to achieve. Of course, they're desperate. They, he feels it would be a, a brilliant achievement to finish in the top four, which absolutely would. Um, and, and just back to the players, I, I think that's why, you know, these steps, the phases are absolutely the right thing, Rob, because, you know, you talk about like just now with testing, drive through testing, yeah. and then the way it's training right now, then you've got contact training, then you've got the start of the season, the, the, the restart of the season. And then how weird is it going to be, Rob, arriving at your stadium with no fans there? And that's a whole, that's a whole different <laughs> level of weirdness and, and getting used to the new normal. So, yeah. you know, players are... You know, as we know, Rob, I, I think players are pretty simple folk. They yeah. like, they like it nice and steady, you know, yeah. steady progression. Mm -hmm. They can get their head around it. They can get used to it. And hopefully all the steps will fall into place that they get playing again. And, and Brennan Rogers, you know, it wasn't, you didn't listen to that and think, oh, he's not sure about it. I mean, um, I, I yeah. think he, he trusts the system as well. Yeah. Well, let's move to Nigel Pearson because as ever, Nigel, teammate, was, was a fascinating listen. Very honest, a bit like Sean Dyke, wears his heart on his sleeve, tells you exactly as it, as it is. Obviously, Watford's a football club that, that's caught the headlines recently. They had three members of, of staff who had positive tests. We know Adrian Mariapa was, was one He's of them. Player. Yeah. The other two were, were part of the, the coaching and support staff. Um, is Troy Deeney has been very vocal, high-profile Premier League player who, when he speaks, does grab attention so we, we've heard from Troy and his personal issues with family life with a young child born recently who, who, who had breathing difficulties um, and I got from Nigel and you I, I'm interested in your take you know him better you know him as, as, as a teammate as a captain as a man in your football club I would say apprehension suit, sort of stuck to, 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 to Nigel's where 
he talked about um, the ambiguous way that maybe we're talking about time ahead. He talked about making sure we've got the controls and the testings in place. He talked very much about making it a safe environment. And obviously, I think his dad's living with him at the moment. He's had to send his dad away because of the exposure that he's going to have with players. He could take it back home. So I thought he, it was a little bit more cautious, maybe is a better word from, from Nigel. I think he's positive in the way that he wants it to go. But I think he's trying to say, let's go forward with some caution. Let's not go full on because there might be a couple more hurdles along the way. Yeah, I, I mean, unsure, reluctant. It, it, it was that kind of strong. And, and knowing Nigel as I do. Because hmm. that doesn't I, I, sound like him. It's not like him. You, you, you explain no. and we have jokes about and you tell us about. Yeah, the, the prankster. Wild yeah, time. yeah. <laughs> He, he, he is the joker in the pack normally from, from what I realised. I, I mean, and we see with his interviews in, over the years uh, coaching the Premier League, there's a seriousness to him. He's a very intelligent guy, Rob, which I've told you many times. Very intelligent, very thoughtful. And to see him as unsure of mm. the whole procedure was, for me, it was very interesting. And Rebecca did a, a really nice job of of just going a little bit deeper each time. And unfortunately, if you check out the video, it kind of, we have tech issues and we kind of lose it, um, which is a real shame because there's some great stuff leading up to that point, which I, which I, I hope our listeners and viewers, Rob, will go and watch because yeah. it's a real situation of a real honest manager showing his concerns. And the first line he says, he talks about his dad living with him. He's 86 years old. Um, so there you go straight away. He said, he, he said, didn't he, that, you know, the players are fit, it's not about, it, it, it is about the players, but, you know, the, the, the chances of a, of, a, of, a, of a Premier League footballer in, with that fitness level getting into a real difficulty with this is, is very minimal. But it is about who you come into contact with. And he's very worried that all of a sudden overnight, his, his contact kind of group, if you like, went to, from, from a, just a few to 50. And he sent his father home. And that's where it comes from, Rob. But that's real. And you've got to respect that. A, a manager... He's like a player. He's going to go home to, to his situation. And his dad, the, assuming needed the, the help of his, of his son and the family, is that to go back now, which isn't ideal. Now, I know that everyone's got to make sacrifices, um, but it just shows you that the real-life nature of Nigel Pearson and his concerns. Uh, again, he, he talks about they're a great group of players at Watford, Rob. They've kind of embraced going back. They, they love being with each other again on the training ground. Uh, it's just when you've got Troy Deeley saying some things, you know, I think the ownership group, the Pozzo family, have, have, have expressed as well that this is getting rushed a little bit. As a manager with a situation at home himself, I can understand why he's got a lot of uncertainty about the procedure. It's interesting because we, 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 we focused in on our Premier League group chat um, over the last week. We, we've talked about players, haven't we? And then Lee Dixon was particularly strong about saying that he, he if he was playing, didn't feel yeah. right. It's interesting, and you, you, the thought came up as you were talking um, and explaining Nigel as well as you do. That we haven't really thought about managers, have we? We haven't said that. No. What, what have you got a manager, and, and this is my point, like Nigel, who you start to sense a little bit of caution. You start to sense a little bit of apprehension. Doesn't that trickle down? Isn't that sort of, we, we say teams are built in characters and personality of the man in charge. Doesn't this put Watford at a slight disadvantage? I'm so pleased you mentioned it, mate, because I wanted to get on and ask you about that. You know, when we get back playing, and first of all, you know, just the, the players are super isolated. I know the, the, contact, yeah. the contact part of it, but Nigel Pearson will talk to the players. He's got his, his medical staff. He's got other staff. So he, his group, if you like, of risk is bigger. Uh, yeah. but, but back onto your point, and I, and I made notes on this because I think it's really interesting, Rob, that the mentality of a football club going back into the restart is going to be so important. And when you hear things, again, Watford, sceptical, frustrated, some players, ownership group, Brighton too. Uh, mm. Paul Barber, Barber, the chief executive, is, is, is expressed right from the start, Rob, about uh, scepticism of, of, yeah. of coming, pushing too far forward. West Ham United, Karen Brady, the hierarchy at West Ham United talked about, well, maybe we should curtail the season. Yeah. The ones that we haven't heard much from is, is, the, is the bottom three, Aston Villa, Norwich and Bournemouth. And I just wonder, Rob, if your mentality and if you, if you drive into your squad, listen, it is what it is. 
let's get out of this let's not be worried about anything or let's not not show any kind of weakness or trepidation about this thing yeah. let's go and embrace it it's difficult it's different it's not perfect mm. and and that gets back to our football robin and, and yeah. whether that might make an impact on how these teams and i'd say out of the ones that we've talked about the bottom six which yeah. are all in danger of relegation probably watford have had the most issues where yeah. I wonder yeah. if they're going to be yeah. fully in, fully focused to do their best. It's a really good point because it goes against all the things that Nigel went in and had the, the manager bump, his, his team of the first team to beat Liverpool, lots of positive things. I think if there's one team we, that we've been talking about in the studio might get out of this, it's Watford with Nigel. Yeah. That way. Yeah. All of a sudden you feel like there's a bit of air being let out of the balloon. Yeah. All of a Momentum's, sudden, yeah. going to be committed. You know, what's the situation with Mario? The ownership groups talking about, are we, are we rushing things? And there's nothing worse than getting in the mind of a footballer that actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. this isn't right. Once that gets set in any, there... Any, exactly. Any reason for a yeah. player not to be 100% focused and, and driven and determined to go and do his job, it, it makes a massive difference. Now, again, we might be, it's just, it's just a, a, a warning or just something to watch out for when they yeah. get back at how the teams, you know, kind of start back again. Interesting. Let's talk about, about the, the start because I think it's next Thursday, the vote of when, the, the, the date of, of when Project yeah. Start might come. And, and we've had dates ranging from June 12, June 12. June 19, yeah. June 26. Listen, and again, we hear lots of things from lots of different sources, but the, 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 the thing we are hearing is that ideally they would still like to go for a June the 12th start to get those games in. Mm. It seems, Rob, a bit ambitious to me. Now, if you're asking me the sort of thing like, what are we looking for from the Premier League? Don't rush this thing. Don't go too early, I, I would say, Rob. If it means another week, and I know there's a lot of maybe financial restraints and, and what, when we've got to get the games in. But we could be talking about livelihoods. We could, could be talking about starting and having to stop the league. I would say give it as much time as you can to make sure when we start, we finish. Yeah, uh, listen, I agree with that. Um, the only thing I think of note, uh, Tyler Adams, midfield player, US international for Schalke. Yeah. Didn't have a, a great first restart against Dortmund, mm -hmm. but I heard an interview. And he basically said that from contact training yeah. to the start of the season was a little over a week. Now, now I, don't, I don't know whether Bundesliga teams were in not quite the, the stage that the Premier League teams are in now for a longer period of time, so they get more fitness. Yeah. But that's not long. And, and if it's voted on next week to get into contact yeah. training, yeah. then you're going to get more than a week, Rob. You're going to get a lot more than a week before yeah. June the 12th. You know, and again, I, I, I'm not pushing anything. I'm just saying, it's not. Is it that? Is it that ambitious for June the 12th? Given the Bundesliga players mm. had a week of contact training and started playing. No, it isn't. But I think the the Bundesliga were in better shape starting off. Rob, yeah. I think they came from a, a the country better, was in a better state. The country was in a better state. Um, again, I would. I think that there's a protocol that, that, that has helped them get to the stage they are. I just feel like, Rob, it, 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 and I thought Nigel alluded to it a little bit, Nigel Pearson in, in, in the interview with, with Rebecca, it, that it, don't, don't force it. Don't force it. Yeah. For me, take another week if we need to. Yeah. Let's get it right. There's a lot of eyes watching. There's a lot of people who are desperate to get their football back. Yeah. If it takes another week, let's do that. Yeah. Just quickly, mate, before we, we move on, because we, we want to talk about the state of, of a couple of clubs today, Brighton and West Ham, two clubs interesting you've talked about who would bought that bottom six, who've been mm. quite vocal in, yeah. in their, their stance. Just quickly on, on the Bundesliga, there's a couple of things just wanted to get your sense of second week starting this week, so we'll have another set of evidence, another set of testing, we'll see what comes out. You know, is intensity changed? Has anything changed? Did players get more used to what is a new normal now with mm. no fans being there. So you, you, your thoughts on, on Bundesliga week two? Well, they're cracking on, aren't they? And, and uh, you know, so far, so good. No, no concerns, no issues. I think the football was very good. I think the, the level of standard of play was very good. I, I watched a few different games. Um, of course, the atmosphere is something that's going to divide opinion. Yeah. You know, in some ways, I, you, we all appreciate 
the ball hitting the back of the net or a stanchion or a post something. You get a real sense of, of being now, I suppose. And, and, and the players talking and, and how much chatter there is when there's no people in the stadium is going to be interesting for viewers to realise how much talk is going on because you'll never normally hear that. You'll hear some shouts, but not constant chat from different areas and the whole thing is kind of noisy on that side with the players talking. It's just, it's just you know, the, the crowd situation. I know that I think there's, I can't remember the name of the club now in the Bundesliga, but there's, there's, there's talk of, of putting cardboard cutouts so you can, you know, yeah. you can put your own cut you know, in the stadium. Absolutely. And, and yeah. the sound, the sound, yeah. Rob, is, is what I, you know, we chatted about it on our group chat during the week. Yeah. Um, I, I'm tending to think now that this is going to get a little old, a little stale. The echo in the stadium after a few weeks, it yeah. does take a lot away from the spectacle. There's no question. We love the game, Rob, and, and yeah. we can I can appreciate the game, um, but but the, the added thrill and excitement you get with the crowd is is really important. And I just wonder whether Bundesliga, uh, I'm sure the Premier League as, as well, are thinking about. Is there a way, a smart way of adding some sound, whether it's a lot of sound or whether it's just a constant little, you know, recording yeah, of, you know, just, 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 yeah. a, just a mask, maybe the echoing. Yeah. I would like to see that given a, given a try at some point, yeah. maybe a few weeks in for the, for the Bundesliga to, mm. before they do that or the Premier League. But what do you feel about that side of it? Yeah, I know we, we spoke about it on, on, the, uh, on the group uh, podcast. And, and I'm with you. I wouldn't mind a trial, maybe... A, you know, we've got a couple of midweek games, one of the first midweeks, so we can be throw yeah. it in a Tuesday night and thing, just to see as it's darker and, and, and maybe give us that, that atmosphere. I, I'm totally for that. In any way, we can enhance the, 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 the game and get more people involved to get it back to feeling like it's, it's natural norm. I think it's important. A couple of things, Rob. I just, I knew with the poddy coming up and before we move on to the state of uh, Brighton and West Ham at the bottom of the league, I just want to get your thought on, so Bundesliga on week two. We're hoping project restart sometime um, mid-June. Just as a player, Rob, and, and I was trying to put myself back in those situations because that's the, the thing that you, you, know, you try and do best in giving a, a, an understanding of, of what players may feel. You're playing a game at, at, at Middlesbrough. In this situation, you're at home, you're captain of Middlesbrough. You're standing at the front of the tunnel. You're playing Southampton Football Club. You know, you look across to... The, the captain of Southampton, you nod, you say to the referee, you're ready. Have you got the same butterflies, nervous tension, little excited feel as you run out the Riverside Tunnel with no fans? No. I don't think I have. I think, I think there, there will be something different. The edge that, that an audience gives anybody, anything that we're doing, Rob, if we're yeah. sat in the studio... You know, the fact that it's live and there's, there's, there's hundreds of thousands, millions of people watching, yeah. potentially, mm. uh, it, it gives you a little edge. And I think it's the same thing. I mean, I, I will look back to my team and I shall, I shall get them revved up and I'll try my yeah. best to motivate the team. But going out there with, with no fan reaction to anything from running out to making a bad pass, if yeah. you, you know, there'd be no oohs and ahs. If you make a couple of good tackles or, good, you know, there's going to be nothing from it. I mean, I think we, we would be driven enough to focus on our job, but I can't sit here and say that there, there will be a slight less edge in me going out there, less nerves, I guess, because you do get nervous for every game. You get a little nervous. The old blood, the, the, the heart starts pumping a little quicker. You get out there and the, of course the music, the, the music, yeah. I mean, are they going to still play music? I don't know. Probably not. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I would uh, yeah, maybe the, the, the music and then the fans' excitement to see the team. That's obviously going to be very, very different. And I, I think, yeah, for me, there would be a slight edge off of my emotional readiness for the match. What about you? So, so my, my, my second point, and, and I totally agree, and I think, you know, we are kind of players, you know, hardworking, get in the groove, run up and down. Yeah. But some players, Rob, and, and, and you've been in, in enough dressing rooms uh, over, over the years like, like I have and, and seen enough players in and out of your team, good and bad. Some players need those fans, almost like feed off it. You know, skillful players, front players, I often think attacking players. Some players might benefit from not having the fans in there. This, I've, I've played with a fullback, Rob, who every Saturday at, at, at three o'clock was an absolute bag of nerves. Put him in training. Put him in training. He looked like a world beater. There is an issue where I just think that, like, I think as a flair player, 
they, they love the us and ors. They're playing for the, for the claps and the ooh and the this. I think that changes when the fans aren't in there. Does it mean they're going to try, try more things? I would think they're going to try more things, Rob. I, 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 the, 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 the failure of something in a game is going to be less... Yeah. yeah. So you might be concerned that your fancy Dan winger is yeah. going to try more fixes and tricks because there isn't a, a bunch of fans 15 yards away from the sideline. I'm, I'm, I'm up for that. Him. And let's see more flicks and tricks. <laughs> yeah, but it might, it might, not be, might not be productive for the, for the team yeah, for him to go off, off, off piste and go yeah. and try and do fancy things. Also, I wonder if... Because the, the, what the crowd does as well, Rob, it keeps you honest as a player. Yeah. It keeps you yeah. honest. Yeah. Is there going to be some players that they know they should be coming back to help out their mm-hmm. fullback and just oh, like, well, you know, <laughs> I, I ain't going to... No one's going to call me out on it, particularly if I'm the other side from the manager. Do you think we might see a little bit of that where players' effort levels could change a little bit given yeah. there's no fans yeah. putting the pressure on? I do, and that's going to be down to coaching and coaching staff and obviously five substitutes so we can get more players on the pitch when we need to. But, um, yeah, it's going to be a different game. I, I just thought it was interesting just to throw out there, just that, that edge that a crowd yeah. can or not give and what effect that might have on, on Premier League when we get there. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So, listen, lots to look forward to, and we're hoping for Project Restart. Before we, we get there, we want to talk about a couple of clubs, Rob, who were... Uh, down in that bottom six, Brighton and West Ham. Before I do, just want to make sure any of our listeners remember from previous episodes, we've gone through the whole state of the league, starting with Liverpool in first place. We're down to Brighton in 15th and West Ham in 16th now. So go back on any of our podcasts and hear if you, it's your team specifically what we think we'd do over the next couple of years if we were in charge of recruitment and um, directors of football. But we're going to start off with, with Brighton, Robin, and as we have with, with, with all clubs in our, our state of the Premier League, we, we want to talk about some of the charitable work that's been done by the clubs. And Brighton, they've created a fundraiser called Albion as One. That was at the end of April. It's already generated around £300,000 at, at this time. And funds are used to support hospices, sick children, domestic abuse victims, bereavement, food banks, homeless support and health workers. So... Again, great work being done um, by football clubs who we know are a big part of communities and Brighton have, have certainly played their part. Now, let's turn to the pitch, Rob, where I have to say, Brighton were not in great shape when, when the break came. No. Um, Graham Potter in charge, 15 plates in the Premier League, 29 points. Um, Listen, they, they, a couple of wins and now feel a lot better about things, but at the moment, only two points above the bottom three spots. Where, where do you sit with Brighton, Graham Potter, and a little bit of, and, and dare I say, negativity that they seem to go around the club? And you talked about the Paul Barber, the, 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 the chief executive, as though Brighton seems to me one of those clubs are fearful of what the end of the season could bring. Yeah, given their fixture list, Rob, they, mm-hmm. they got incredibly difficult uh, running. They're playing a lot of the, the top six clubs. Yeah. Uh, they really have, and, and a majority of those 
are meant to be at home. So they'll be hoping that they can get back in their stadium to get a small benefit. No fans, of course. Yeah. Uh, it's been really interesting, isn't it? I mean, I, I really wasn't sure whether the Graham Barber, uh, Graham Potter um, theory w- w- was was a little bit too early to try and transform Brighton the way that they play. Now, there's no question they play better football. Yeah. Um, the stats back that up in terms of all the areas. They're, they're, they're winning the ball back higher up. They, you know, they're getting more attempts and move through, more through balls, more crosses. They, they look a better team. They're more entertaining to watch. Yet, I think they're very similar in terms of points to what they did last year under Chris Hewton. So, very difficult job. Very hard to change the style. And the, one of the reasons, Rob, they're in the situation for me is, is again, this is a, a problem from a couple of years ago. Bad signings. Bad yeah. signings, and I've got I've got a few of them here. And w- what they've done and the problems they've had. Yeah. Jahanbach, nearly twenty million dollars. Yeah. Lucardia, nearly twenty million dollars. Eve yeah. Basuma, nearly twenty million dollars. Now Basuma's done okay. Lucardia's been a disaster. Jahanbach, that that looked great and scored a ton of goals yeah. in in the the Dutch league, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Has not done it. That's 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 nearly sixty million dollars, Rob. Yeah. Now since then. It's been better. The signings that they've got, you look at Mopay, 20, these are all about $20 million, by the way. Neil Mopay, 25. They've gone for a younger player. Trossard, 23-year-old's done, done well as well. Adam Webster, centre-back. Now, they've all done well in yeah. the team, consistently yeah. adding to it. So that's better. So mm-hmm. there's definitely a, the recruitment stepped up. Yeah. The, the style of football has been better, yet they still find themselves in a difficult situation. I admire the club for trying this. We've seen yeah. other clubs try this. Crystal Palace, a very early attempt with Frank De Boer, wasn't it? That, that didn't yeah. go well at yeah. all, and they changed back to just, just stay up. So they, they've maintained all season, and I do believe, Rob, in some ways, maybe I shouldn't say this, I, I actually tipped them to go down as well this season, given all this stuff. Yeah. What I've seen, I kind of hope they stay up. I, yeah. I, just for a bright, intelligent, thinking manager a better style of play, a more of a younger player that's coming into the club. Mm-hmm. And there is, it, it, my eye test, it looks a lot better. So I kind of hope they do it. I think they've got a couple of points gap uh, yeah. from, from the bottom three, but they've got bottom difficult three, matches yeah. going on. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we'll get into where they might need some help, but, it, you know, bigger picture, well done. Even though it looks pretty scary right now, I like what they've done and how they've tried to do it. And, and Graham Potter, who, listen, we hadn't seen a lot of him. You know, yeah. he, he did great work overseas and then back for a short period of time at Swansea and into this job. Obviously, highly respected, but I think he's doing a good job. But it just shows you how difficult it is. This Premier League, when you've made some, some dodgy signings and trying to change a style of play. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree, mate. I, I mean, written the same things here. And, and, and what, I, what, I, what I think my note of caution to Graham Potter, because I'm the same, I think he's... Well, add something to the Premier League. He's a young English coach who's gone abroad and learned his trade. Got good uh, reports down at, at Swansea. Got some people involved at Swansea who were saying, you know, all the players loved him. He set up procedure. Very interesting. Came into Brighton within six months. They gave him an extended contract. Saw that this guy is a bit visionary. Puts things in place. I think he's got to, and maybe it's a bit harsh to say the balance, but I think he's got to prioritise some winning football matches to stay in the league, Rob. Regardless of all the other things that he's trying to do along the way, and I get that you'd say he should compromise his way of doing things. Um, I'm not necessarily saying compromise his way. I'm saying too many times, and, and it, it started to become a theme for me at, at, at Brighton, where I hear this nice chat after a game, but they've lost or they drew, and it was and it was like, and I don't want that to be. It's okay. We're playing good football. I'm changing the football, pool, but we go down. No, that's mm. not okay. You've got to stay in the league first. That's your priority, Graham. And then once you stay in the league, show us how good a coach you are and develop your things. And, and I do like the culture of the football club. I think they're playing more with football. There's better ball retention. There's better opportunities to, to play forward. But I don't want him to fall into the, and I, and I wrote it, the Marco Silva kind of starts chatting, chatting, chatting. <laughs> and you look and go, Marco, you're not winning enough games, man. No. Graham Potter... I think is, uh, is is a very talented, thoughtful uh, English coach who, who's got a good future, but win enough games. Stay in the league, Graham. Stay in the league. I'll tell you what's interesting. I mean, if, you know, this is such an important period in obviously the club and the players, mm. but him as a manager, Rob, mm. if he can stay in the league yeah. and if the recruitment 
for the next little window, I'm sure there's going to be a little window where yeah. they try and bring some players in, is as is, is decent as right. it's been yeah. recently. Yeah. They, can go, they, can, they can go a little bit further forward. Yeah. They, I, I see them potentially finishing mid-table next season. Yeah. And yeah. you talked about Sean Dykes, Rob, and we have this conversation a lot about managers and where their ceiling is. Yeah. Graham Potter is somebody, in my opinion, that, that can absolutely jump up quite a long way in this league, Robbie Earl. I'm mm. not saying, you know, Brendan Rodgers, smart, thoughtful, got his big job, continues to impress. Now, again, I'm not saying he's a, he's a Brendan Rodgers, but yeah. isn't he, well, he is that ilk of yeah. being the thoughtful, intelligent guy that, that I think other owners would like it because when you can get success, and again, this is yeah. a, a, an important period for him, and a nice style with, with smart recruitment, that's attractive to, to many, many clubs. Let me chuck one at you that, that won't go down well uh, because they're big rivals. He'd be a great Crystal Palace manager, by the way. A little bit more money, a little bit step up a player and, and bigger. He could go to Crystal Palace and do better. Yeah, or, or they stay on the south coast, Southampton. Yeah. Bigger, bigger still. Or listen, I think there's more. I think there's bigger than that. You know, there, there's, there's, there's better. There's, there's, hmm. there's bigger, more yeah. challenging jobs than that. If he keeps them up, and if well, they yeah, finish mid table, it's huge. He's got to keep them yeah, in the league. Massive. We won't it's be massive. having this conversation if he doesn't, Rob. Right, exactly. So let's go through the squad, Rob, in, in yeah. terms of what he might need going forward. Now, yeah. do you want to start? Because I always seem to start these. You start on what you, you know, assess the squad a little bit. Um, the goalkeepers have got Matty Ryan, uh, Debbie Button. I, I'm okay with Matty Ryan. Um, you know, I think he's steady, steady enough, consistent enough for what what we need and what we're trying to improve. So, so I'm good there, Rob. Um, at the back, we've got uh, Montoya. Uh, got Lamptey, the young kid from Chelsea. We've got Bernardo in the fullback positions, and Dunk Duffy. Webster and Dan Byrne. Now, we, 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 we're Dan Byrne lovers. I know Robbie Musto. I mean, you'll, you'll have a, a star and a, and a gold mark around Dan Byrne. He's your go-to. So, I'm happy with him. Duncan Duffy, are, are we okay with, with the two old boys? They still do a good, solid job, don't they? We wouldn't, we wouldn't mess with that too much. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've, I've, I'm suggesting a, a new left-back, which, I mean, Dan Byrne... Six, yeah, or six feet seven. Yeah, yeah, he's more right back. Any Tarek Lamptey, uh, yeah. we got from Chelsea. I think Chelsea. on a free. Young, he's only nineteen. I, yeah. I see him certainly challenging right. at right back. Martin Montoya, average, just just average. Scalotto's thirty years of age now. Yeah. A bit of a, a bit of a hot head. I don't see a big future for Scalotto. Silvano Zate is a player, Rob, that's played at right back, but yeah. He's, he's a real talent. I want him in midfield yeah, yeah. and maybe higher up on that side. So yeah. the right side, I have kept it the same, hoping that Lamptey's going to come forward. Now, left back, Dan Byrne played most of the games, Robert, left back. If you, yeah. th- if you throw him into that mix of central mid- center def- central defenders, Lewis Dunk, Shane Duffy, Adam Webster and Dan Byrne, yeah. that, then that's all right. You don't, you don't yeah. need to change that one bit. So left back they need. Um, Bernardo, I don't think he's played, has he? He's had a nightmare yeah, of injuries. Not, yeah. Uh, I think he's played 10 games, actually, looking at my notes here. Uh, the Brazilian that showed a little bit. Um, mm. So I'm going to chuck a little left back at you. That's kind of been around a little bit. And I think this is a good club for him. Again, I'm, I'm sorry to, for, for fans of these teams that, that yeah, we're they could go. It's kind of, again, if they go down. Matt Target, Aston Villa. Matt Target, former Southampton player. Yeah. Steady left Steady. back. And listen, this is, you know, yeah. this is Brighton here. We're not trying to recruit yeah. for Everton. He's 24 years of age. He did a good job at Southampton. A little surprised he left. Aston Villa, steady Eddie, good job. Yeah. I think that would be a really nice signing. If you have Matt Target, 24 on that side, you've got those central defenders. Lamptey, if he can, if he can make that his own with Montoya as well. Yeah. And I agree with the goalkeepers. That, for me, is, is just the small changes. I mean, right back, I have written Max Ahrens, a player that we've talked about many times with different clubs. Yeah. Another young fullback that, that likes to get forward. And under Graham Potter, I think he would like him as a player, the ability to go forward and attack, you know, more than some of the other clubs we've mentioned about who might need a right back. So Max Ahrens, if you want to add another player in there. But it's Brighton. You know, they're not going to spend a ton. And, and I kind of like that as a, as a defensive setup. Decent shape in defence, as you say, one full-back maybe just, just bolsters things or one who could play both both sides. Midfield isn't a bad mix as well, Rob. You've got Basumi, you've got Gross, Stevens, Moy, Trossard, Proper, uh, Sully March. There seems enough of a mix there 
Um, some might say a bit samey, or did you need something a little bit different in there? Maybe, you know, I wondered if it maybe a speedster gives them a little bit of something different from maybe a wide area. Then to have more footballers out there who want to join in and, and make the play. Does a speedster give them maybe a little bit of option they can go front to back quicker? Yeah. Uh, if the possibility but again I, I'm not un, unduly worried by, by the, 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 the chemistry of my midfield I've got a name to chuck at you is one who I'll just throw in I'll, let me know what you think first alright yeah so left side Leandro Trossard nearly yeah. 20 million dollars yeah. 25 years of age got right. a bit of quality like him and if you if you throw in Solly March on that side yeah. and if you throw yeah. in Isquiero Jose Isquiero that's been yeah. out all season but, yeah. but, but the fans will tell you, good, effective, a yeah. little bit of pace. They need him back from injury. That's three mostly left-sided players. That's, yeah. that's a nice mix. On yeah. the right side, I'm a bit more worried. I, Aaron Moyes played out there, Rob. Yeah. I, I would throw him into the central midfield and, mix of Basuma, yeah. Dale Stevens, and Davy Proper. That's the four in there. I'm okay yeah. with that. I think you've got yeah. a couple of getters in Dale Stevens and Basuma and Moy and Proper can give you a little bit of prompting in there. I like that. Yeah. So right side, if I'm taking Moy out of that, is an issue. Jambach has been, as we yeah. said, disappointing. Let's be honest about it. So my, my suggested player, and this would be, I just, I mean, again, this wasn't big priority, but I just, Harry Wilson, who's been on loan from Liverpool at Bournemouth. Uh, yeah, he's got yeah. seven Premier League goals in 23 for Bournemouth. And I know it's, it won't be easy to try and either sign him or get him on loan for next no. season. But Harry Wilson is, is a Brighton type of player that's a goal threat, maybe more than some of the other players are, mm. and a little bit of quality from a wider area. So I try and look at bringing Harry Wilson as the only addition when I look at it. I mean, you've got, you've got Pascal Gross. You've got Trossard that can play in the number 10. So you've got some options in there. But I think Harry Wilson is a wide player because who else is going to play on the right-hand side? You know, you might put March over there. So, so yeah, Harry Wilson. What do you think? Yeah, good shout, good shout, Harry Wilson. Um, tell you what I threw in there. Right side, midfield, might just be able to go to that football club and take a leadership role. Jesse Lingard. Don't like it. Jesse Lingard. Don't like it. Play every week, be part of, have a team that, that runs through you, that has got a good attitude, will work hard for the team, needs to get away from United? So, I don't like it for, for two reasons. Yeah. Um, the first reason is, I mean, I, I guess it's football. I mean, you want to play him as a wide player then in this? Or uh, is some probably wide or with Moy, or just give me the options. If I, go, I could go a 4-2-3, one behind, behind a striker. Yeah. He can play in those three positions. He's good off of press. Good attitude, just whole new store, different environment. I, I don't know whether he'd see that coming down from, from Manchester yeah, United to Brighton is a, is a step down, and really? I'm not sure he would be driven. There's a bit of question mark about what he does off the field, Rob, and where his focus lies. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, maybe that, unfair. Yeah, maybe maybe it's unfair. And the main reason is the money. There's yeah, no way. I, I just think United might have to pay a little bit of his money to get old, get some lump to get out. All I'm saying is that's the kind of level I think Brighton all of a sudden go, oh, it's, it's a different type of player. Yeah. You know, might go and want to work with Graham Potter. Different environment. Yeah. thought. Threw him in there. Yeah. Let's move yeah. forward to the, to the forward line. Um, we've got Glenn Murray, 36 years of age, and Alan Connolly. Um, He's a young, a young Irish boy, isn't it? Yeah, young Irish player. Um, outside of that, Rob, I was struggling a little Neil, bit. Yeah, so, Neil Mopé, isn't it? Neil, Neil Mopé. Mopé is, yeah, no, Mopé's the man, isn't he? He's, he's a main man. Yeah, they got, I mean, there might be some interest in him. That's a tick. That, that's, that's, that's a given. I think they yeah. need another forward. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, Glenn Murray, I mean, yeah. it's really can't weird. Keep line on Glenn. Can't keep but line on. but they f I feel like they could have used him more and they might have got more goals. And I know what you mean. He's 36, yet yeah, he, he's just a goal scorer. Uh, and they've been struggling in that area to get enough goals. Mopé's done great. And I think if you think of Aaron Connolly that, that came on and scored, I think he scored two goals in one game. Yeah. Uh, had a real impact in one match. Good young player to come into it. You're absolutely right, Rob. There's got to be a new striker. And I'm going to go down your your um, your um road here. That I mean, maybe we're, you're smiling. Maybe we're on the same um, guy. Yeah. But you've, you've mentioned this player before as a potential signing for, for some teams. Um, 
He's from the league below. Oh, huh? I know what you mean. Ollie Watkins? No. Oh, um, the big man. Presence, a little bit like Glenn Murray. Mitrovic. Alexander Mitrovic, 25 years of age. He's got banged in 23 championship goals. Yeah, before. yeah. And I'm not sure Fulham. He's a younger Fulham. Glenn Murray, younger, kind of a bit physical. He's got experience in the Premier League. He's banged in uh, goals like in the it. championship. Like a bit of presence. Something a little bit different, Rob. A little bit nastiness about him as well. With this yeah. Brighton team, could be yeah. a little bit nicey, nicey. Yeah. Trossard and Mope and maybe yeah, Wilson like or it. Pascal Gross. A little bit of physicality. Like it. I mean, I've gone completely the other way. I, I mean, obviously, I've got I've got shares in Dan Sturridge, so I'm, I'm putting Dan Sturridge in there. Oh, blaming it, Dan Sturridge. Here's my other one. Here's here's my other little left one that you. I think I'm going to get a similar reaction. Played in the league at one time, was going to go to Tottenham for a very lot of money, and then his, his career fell away. He's gone to I think Belgium, started scoring goals. He's a bill. Sayo Berahino, Robbie Moore. <laughs> years... Do you want trouble? Do you want to sign trouble? You just he's want to sign got... trouble. He's 26 years of age, he's gone abroad, he's got his game back together. At one time, we were talking about millions of dollars to go to Tottenham. Good environment, good manager, new start. I, I, I'm saying not a lot of money. Incredible risk, Rob, isn't it? Listen, I, I hear you. Incredible risk. It's a... It is. Every player you signed him. Yeah, I know, but he's more risky, isn't he? I mean, he's more risky, his attitude to train. I think he's got a hard rap in the time. And yes, he's had a few weight issues and blah, blah. He ain't the first player. But I tell you what, Rob, if if you get him him right, if you can get him half right, and he can score you 10 goals a season on not huge money, then you come side up. I'm not sure we'll ever work together as a director of football, will we? I I, I want the safe, reliable, good pros, and you're you're like the maverick. You know me. Good, good yeah. night out, good night out, players. Listen, yeah. let's move on to West Ham. <laughs> yeah. we, I'm sure we've got a bit of time to spend on on, on them as well. And um, obviously, podcast is running on. So West Ham United, 16th in the league, 27 points, only out of the bottom three on goal difference. We've been hearing Karen Brady, who's part of the ownership group of, of the football club, state quite um, heavily that, that she felt the league should should be voided, that there should be no relegation, blah, 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 which we, we think is a little bit self-preservation. Listen, uh, it's a team, Rob, that, that's... When I look through the squad, I'm surprised that... I suppose I'd say the quality, the, the, the good footballers in the group, yet they're struggling, struggling big time. Um, conceded 50 goals, which is 10 more than Brighton. So defensively, not great. At the other end of the pitch, not particularly any high goal scorers. No main goal scoring threat. And David Moyes, Robbie Musto, and here's my big takeout, is not the man to lead West Ham to better days. He is for now. That's it. He is for now. He is for the next six weeks. Yeah. I, I still believe it was a good appointment I know it's not sexy. I know it's not a Robbie Earl appointment. I know, but, but, but don't, don't we agree, Robbie Earl, that this West Ham team needs some structure, needs some backbone, needs a little bit of effort, needs a little bit of organisation to find a way to grind with the talent they've got to get enough points to stay up. Listen, after this season, absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Find somebody else. Um, well, I mean, they've done this before. did exactly the same last year. I, I, I just think right now, Robbie... You know, and I know they're in a perilous situation. We're not talking right now because obviously what we've got is what we've got and you obviously wouldn't sack him now. But I'm talking, Rob, I'm talking about where we're talking about the next two or three years where we want West Ham. And and I'm saying, when I look at this group of players, they're not suited to a David Moyes team. And I've said that from the start. They're not suited to the way he wants to do things. Going forward, When I see this group of players, there's so much more that can come with a different manager. And, and, and we've talked about managing the game, podcast for another day. Chris Wilder and Sean Dyche would both do a lot better with this group of players. Yeah, but you talk about a manager to, to manage a certain type of players. Mm-hmm. Would, would they... Would they Sean Dyche's personality would suit this group of players better than, than David Moyes. Well, as long as... Chris long Wilder's the, tactical understanding and... and the, Everywhere Chris Wilder goes, his team are well-coached, well-disciplined and play decent football. Yeah, I just don't... Can you imagine Chris Wilder trying to get these players to work hard, roll the sleeves up, great gratitude I, I, I in training? I think that's a bit stereotypical. Oh, he's, you know, he, 
they've rubbed the auctionman in, in, in the... Yeah, but he demands that, Rob, doesn't he? He does demand that. He does demand that from his players. Oh, and these players will do it if they're going to win. Do you think, do you think they would? they're going to keep possession. The problem with this West Ham team, and I, and I spend a little bit of time to it, is they're all good players with the ball. Yeah. The West Ham team that David Moyes sets up don't have the ball. So everybody becomes disinterested, don't have spells where you just... Ch- it, it's risky, Rob, isn't it? To ch- but, but listen, I know. But it, 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 right now, they've got they've got to be better without the ball. They can go and try and do that stuff. If they do that, they're going to and give the Chris ball away. They're going to concede. Chris Wilder's teams at Sheffield United are good without and with the ball. You know, Espirito Santo's teams are good with and without the ball. You can have both, Rob. It's not an exclusive one or the other. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the, the my note is. For whatever reason, they haven't been able to to get the best out of so many players of that football yeah. club. Now, some of it is because they they sign risk, yeah. so, so, sign risk in terms of injuries yeah. and what and, and what they can get out players. Players taking a big step down. I mean, 30, 30 and over: Snodgrass, Mark Noble, Zabaleta, Creswell, Carlos Sanchez, Yarmolenko, Mikel Antonio. I mean. Th- there's there's so much and then flaky players Pablo Fornals Felipe Anderson who we agree is a brilliant player but has been so disappointing Manuel Lanzini why oh why are all these players not performing to anywhere near and they had Pellegrini that wanted to play yeah. your star yeah. Rob he wanted to he wanted to get on the ball and play football and it still didn't work that's why Moyes for me just now to try and make him a little bit more solid might mm. get them safe and then they have to go again the 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 signing, and, and as we look through the squad, Rob, yeah. you know, if you're a director of football at West Ham United, if, if it was me, I want to sign solid players now. Solid, reliable, good age, not injury-prone players okay. that can, can, let, can you know, let can, me put can you on get the spot, solid. Let me put you on the spot because we, we are running out of time. Two big, the two questions. One, can you keep Declan Rice? Because that... Changes the outlook of your football club. So that's the first question. I'll give you time to think about that. Second, where's your fix? Where, where do you need to fix this West Ham thing? Well, let's, go, let's, let's do the fixes quick. Right, so let's just move through this real quick. Now, I think we need a centre-back. Is it the opposite player yeah. that you love? Absolutely. I agree. Centre-back. Good player. Still going, Jan Vertonghen. Somebody who knows the league. See, I, I want a little younger I've got your, your Tyrone Mings, Nathan Ake, James Tokovsky, players that we've said before. Nathan Ake going from Bournemouth to West Ham, by the way. No chance. He is. <laughs> what, are, we assuming, are we assuming they stay up? Yeah. Why, why would he move to West Ham? West Ham United. Much bigger club. Playing in front of 50,000 people. Sure bigger, but he's bigger m- for Nathan Ake to fly. Just, well, maybe, but but it's a it's a, it's a step up. Yeah. I mean, more money. Andreas Christensen. This is West Ham United. Yeah, it's a yeah big Chris, Chris is, he's a good one. I think he's. A, I think that was one of your good, your good shouts. Yeah, left back. Um, see what again? My mindset is we need solid, reliable players. I'm going to Burnley. I'm going to Burnley. Left back, Charlie Taylor. Taylor, 26 years of age. Steady Eddie. He's yeah. learned under Sean Dyche. He knows what defending's all about. He, you know, he's tough to to bring into this West Ham fluid, skillful side. So that that's defensively centre back and a left back. Charlie Taylor and one of the, the five I've I'll got here. Danny Rose. I'm going to take Danny Rose for two, three years. Still think there's a bit of fire in him. Yeah. Yeah. Go, going forward, Robbie, on midfield. midfield. Okay, yeah. Declan Rice. I think it's going to be really, really hard to keep him. It's going to be about him oh, and his ties to the club. I think he's a dressing room, Rob, though. That, that deflates the dressing well, room. You go. But if you're him, Rob, you're no, 21. I, 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 it, 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 yeah, you've got, to, you've got to beg another year out in each year. Yeah. You've got to beg yeah. a year. Give me another year and we'll, we'll have a look at it. And I, I, and I wouldn't want to say, I think it's really hard to say which way that will go. I'm assuming that, that he'll stay. I'm assuming, because if they... Yeah, Mark Noble's, Noble's 33 now. Carlos Sanchez hasn't played yeah, much as 34. Yeah. Jack Wilsh is 28. I mean, yeah. again, on, decision... Jack, oh, Sanchez goes. Suchak, I mean, still... He's on loan. Not, we haven't seen that much. Noble of, stays around because I want good people around my football club, but might not seem as much on a pitch. Yeah, so centre midfield players that I would look at. Yeah. Again, mentioned this, these couple, yeah, maybe two of these I've mentioned before, two I haven't. One I mentioned before, Lucas Torreira. Could you, yeah. let's talk about him leaving, by the way. I know, I just um, Arsenal, West Ham. Yeah, play every week. Yeah. Good player, good age. Uh, Lewis Cook, another player I like, I've yeah. mentioned before. Yeah. There's two that I've mentioned before. Now, two newer ones. Yeah. Now, now I'm going to hit, both from Spurs. 
Jose's making changes there. Now, I don't know how Eric he feels Dyer. about these two players, Eric Dyer and how about um, Harry Winks? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure that Jose likes it. I mean, uh, I think Jose wants to like Eric Dyer. And again, that, that is all about, I've got to go and do some research. Winks is interesting. Yeah. Winks and Rice and, and, and one more in there. Yeah. Good age, good ability. Dyer, you'd have to do some like digging around. Why yeah. hasn't he been as, why hasn't yeah. he been as good as before? Why does he look sluggish? Why, given opportunities under Spurs, he got an injury issue? Yeah. You'd have to do a bit of digging around there. But there's, there's what's that, four central midfield players. Because West Ham can pay, Rob. You know, doing yeah. our little list for West Ham, yeah. it's a little easier because they got some salary. They got some money. So yeah, you can add in some of the... In my view, Rob, they might have to get one or two of those other big hitters out to get somebody yeah. off the wage bill. But I've gone yeah. the other route, so I've got three names for you, all, I believe, whose contracts are up at the end of the season. Adam Lallana. Okay, yeah. Jordan I. Yeah, he's, he's, he's leaving, isn't he? Bournemouth, yeah. yeah. But I don't, I, don't, I don't think... Natalie good... Mendy from Leicester City. Mm, not, not sure about... The last two, uh, Jordan Ibe, is he good enough for West Ham United? Well, I, I think he's a younger, could be younger Mikel Antonio. I think he needs a fresh door. I think he needs a club where he can play. I think there's a footballer in there, Rob. I think the, a, a different coach might see it. Bit of a risk, but maybe on a free salary, not going to be massive. No, it won't kind be bigger. Not bad, not bad person to have in the squad. Mendy, I'm not sure about, is he good enough? Mm. But again, Decent penny, we showed some good signs at Leicester, needs to get more experience yeah. in the game. Lalana, yeah. I like. Yeah. Now Lalana I listen to in a wider area. Now I've got two two um so I think both wide areas could do a little bit of help. Yamalenko, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Again, injury prone. He's shown some really good flashes mm. and he's got I think he's got five goals, five assists, but you don't know what you're gonna get out of him. Uh Robert Snodgrass is thirty-two. And actually, again, he's got a good number. So his numbers are five goals, five assists. Yamalenko's got three Premier League goals. Philip Anderson's been inconsistent. Pablo Fernau. So there's enough of that sort of player. I'm going to throw three names at you for wide players. Ryan Fraser. Yeah. Free transfer. Yeah. So if you're free... might like RK might be bigger people in, but... Yeah, West West Hampstead. I think that that yeah, Todd Cantwell, Todd Cantwell. We've talked to, again about yeah. Norwich. Cost yeah. you, that'll cost I you think. quite a big fee. Young player, tricky. And then another player that I love to bits is John McGinn. Is mm-hmm. West Ham a, a little jump? Is staying in the Premier League a little jump? If if Villa yeah. go down, John McGinn. I like. I think John McGinn's a Premier League player for sure. Yeah, yeah. And West Ham United would be, I think, a good mix. So I, I think there's some good options if you're thinking about adding to West Ham United, but you're probably right, Rob. Their wage bill, when you look at some of the names there, yeah. is probably really big. So they've got to try and somehow get rid of some of the older players, the Sanchez's and, and maybe some others of the older ones and unreliable ones, Jack Wilshers or whatever. I don't know. I mean, it's, it sounds yeah. so harsh about it because the injury issues, but they've got to trim up the squad. Yeah. Lean it up and, and get some space. And up front, are you, are you, you okay with what's up front? I, I kind of am actually. Jared Bowen and Sebastian Allaire, yeah. um, very different. You know, again, good ages. The only thing I've chucked in is a, you know, I've, I've chucked in a, a Divock Origi if, if he feels the need to leave mm-hmm. Liverpool and wants to play football. And Danny Ings, I mean, because West Ham, yeah. they can pay. Uh, but, you know, there's more priorities. But Allaire and, and, and Jared Bowen, we haven't seen much of Bowen yet, but I kind of like them as a team. Yeah, I quite like what I saw Bowen. Allaire, I think, has got the potential to be, uh, I think, seven Premier League goals. Uh, yeah. Two five, I think, the potential. I just wonder, I threw in there a Callum Wilson. If Bournemouth would struggle, I just thought somebody a bit, is he called? That's 27, a good shout. Yeah, good age. Yeah, get, get some good guys. A, a change of club might, might help him. Yeah, it's a good shout. So, um, Callum Wilson. But, yeah, that's plenty of work for West Ham to do. Listen, mate, we, we've run out of time. I think that's just over an hour for, for our podcast this week. Can't stop talking. Yeah. Can't stop talking about the game. And it looks like some positive steps, mate, as we look forward to the Premier League's project restart. Um, and we look for the state of Brighton and West Ham and the work that they might have to do over the next couple of years to make sure they stay part of the Premier League. Keep an eye out for lots of great NBC Sports content on the NBC Sports platform. Our Premier League on NBC Group Chat. Last week, we went in-depth on players' mindset for the Bundesliga. Next week, we'll be giving you all the latest news on this Premier League uh, restart. And that's going to be Thursday. So not Wednesday, Thursday, May the 28th. So make sure you don't miss out on that. 
And then if any breaking news comes out, anything we, you need to know, both Musty and I will jump on the podcast and get that news out to you. As it seems, we're getting closer to this start. And we'll take a look at a couple of teams of the state of the Premier League as we get a chance, mate. We'll look at Watford and Bournemouth. So we've gone from top and we're working our way towards the bottom. So Watford and Bournemouth will be our next two teams that we'll look at. But for now, I'm Earl. He's Musto together with the two Robbies. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Stay safe and stay healthy. And it's a good night from me. And it's a good night from him. Good night. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.